Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Panado. Throughout the Gospels, there are approximately 45 references to the Sabbath. Each Gospel makes note to mention the Sabbath. And every reference to the Sabbath in the Gospels is intentional and significant. The Gospels tell us a few things of what Jesus did on the Sabbath. Uh, It tells us that it was Jesus' custom to go to the synagogue on Sabbaths. And that's why we, on Sabbaths, we have a tendency or a tradition to go to church. Because that's what Jesus did. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. While at the synagogue... He would read from the scriptures, and he would also teach from the scriptures. And that's why at Seventh-day Adventists, we have a section of our service that is called Sabbath School, where we teach from the Bible, and, um, and we learn from the Bible, and we read from the Bible. In the book of Acts, it also tells us that it was the custom of the apostles. After the death and after the resurrection of Jesus, it was the custom of the apostles to also worship in the synagogue on Sabbaths. It appears that it was only later, after the death of the apostles, that through convenience, conformity, perhaps even guilt by association, and paganism, that Christianity and Christians began to worship on Sunday. And what I actually want to do here is, um, even though this was our passage that we read this morning, Matthew chapter 12, and, and the controversy that Jesus faced on the Sabbath, I'm, I'm actually not going to preach on this, uh, on this, Sabbath, on, on this passage here on the Sabbath. Um, we're going to save that for, I think, part three. I've actually took one sermon, I've divided it into four parts, so uh, here we go again, another series. Um, but we're actually going to look at this later, um, later on in, in sermon number three of our series, the controversy over the Sabbath. But what I want to do before we understand the controversy that Jesus was faced in, a controversy so strong that the leaders wanted to kill him. That's how strong. When was the last time you wanted to kill somebody? Oh, don't answer. Okay. All right. But, uh, but before we, we look at that controversy that Jesus faced with, with how he kept the Sabbath and the things that he did on the Sabbath, I actually want us to go back to the very beginning, to Genesis chapter 2. So turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. And what we want to do is we want to look at the teaching of the Old Testament concerning the Sabbath. Specifically today, the teaching of Genesis concerning the Sabbath. So open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Say amen when you're ready. Okay. Genesis chapter 2 verse 1. And catch the key words here. Catch the key words in this passage. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Did you catch the key words that are found in this passage? Uh, They're repeated over and over again. It's it's almost redundant. It's repetitive. Uh, It's it's even awkward to translate into the English. But did you catch the key words in verse 1? Thus the heavens and the earth were completed or finished. It was done. All right. Uh, Verse 2. By the seventh day God had finished. 
finished, completed. Again, you see that, that redundancy there. Finished the work that he had been doing. Again, an emphasis on work and doing and finishing. And so on the seventh day, again, the second time that we, that we see this here. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And in these very two passages, there's this emphasis and repetition of work, finished, completed, seventh day, rested. Verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day again, and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. These three concepts of working, of finished, of completing, of resting, of the seventh day, are repeated over and over again in these first three verses. And what we're going to find out is that the essence of the Sabbath is found in these verses here. Every other reference to the Sabbath in the scriptures is based and built upon the concepts that are found in these three verses. Did you hear that? Every other passage of scripture that speaks of the Sabbath is building upon the foundation that is laid in Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. The first concept that we find is that the Sabbath day is on what day? The seventh day. You know? in, in fact, if you notice this passage, it doesn't even use the word Sabbath. Did you catch that? It doesn't even use the word Sabbath. It just says the seventh day. Emphasis on the seventh day. In fact, the, the word Sabbath or the noun Sabbath comes from one of the Hebrew words meaning to rest. And, and we find it there in verse, in verse 2. So on the seventh day, he rested. And the Hebrew word for that, for that verb is Shabbat. And Shabbat is where we got the word Shabbat from. I don't know if you can hear the difference. Shabbat and Shabbat. That's where we got the word from, to rest. The noun, we got it from the verb to rest. What's interesting is that even in a perfect world, God saw the need for rest. And he led by example. Resting, ceasing from activity... Believe it or not, it's part of God's plan. Today we live in a 24-7 world of go, go, go. Isn't that right? Stores are open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Uh, broadcasting happens 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I mean, I, I think in fact there was a news channel, CNN, that was dedicated to 24-hour news all the time. Wasn't there a time when stores actually closed? By five? By six? And they didn't open again until the following day? Wasn't there even a time that broadcasting ceased at a certain time in the day? Isn't that right? A certain time rolled around and then you got that rainbow colored screen, you know, we're done for broadcasting, you know, for, for the day. And then they would pick up again the following day. But we live in such a busy and hectic and frantic world of go, go, go and nonstop. There's even a city, I think. Is it New York City? That's described as the city that never sleeps. And indeed, you go there 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and it's like everybody's awake and doing things. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, described it this way in Daniel chapter 12. He described today's society as a society going to and fro. Go, 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 nonstop, hectic and frantic. Oftentimes in our society, humans, we humans, we're often reduced to automatons. Especially the working classes. It seems that we don't have the luxury to rest. We can't afford to take time off of work. Because how will we pay the bills? 
But God is calling all of humanity to rest and to be still. Recently, secular business leaders are now recommending a Sabbath to be taken. And many of these business leaders um, have linked keeping a Sabbath. Now, you know, they don't keep it the way we do, but, but they understand Sabbath is a time of resting. And many of these business leaders have linked keeping a Sabbath with greater success in the workplace. God knew what he was doing when he gave us a Sabbath. In fact, I quite didn't understand the blessing of the Sabbath until I started working. And then when the Sabbath came around, I said, thank you. Thank you, God, that I can have a day to just stop everything that I'm doing and of resting. But the Sabbath rest, my friends, echoes the call of Jesus in the Gospels, where Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The Sabbath, my friends, is a call to cessation of activity. It's a call for me and you to, to be still. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, rest in the Lord. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He restores my soul. Isaiah chapter 32 says, I will bring peace and it will result in quietness and confidence forever. Then my people will live in a peaceful habitation and in secure dwellings and in undisturbed resting places. The prophet furthermore said in Isaiah chapter 30, in quietness and in confidence there is strength. And then he says something interesting, though, after that. He says, but you would have none of it. Isn't that something? God is calling us to rest. He's calling us to cease from our activities every seven days. He's calling us that he will give us peace. He will give us quietness. He will give us confidence. And he tells us that in stillness and in resting and in confidence, there is strength. I mean, haven't you seen nervous individuals? Who are always on the go and always on the go and always on the go. When you see a nervous individual that never stops, does that fill you with confidence and strength? No. But then on the other hand, you see these people that just have this aura about them. And they're just peaceful. Nothing can ruffle their feathers. Isn't that right? You met people like that, right? And what do you want to do with people like that? They're just cool and collected. What do you want to do? You want to be, you want to be around them. You want to be their friends. And the the Bible tells us here in Isaiah chapter 30, in quietness and in confidence there is strength. But then he says, but you would have none of it. Isn't that something? God is calling us to rest. He's calling us to peace. And yet we struggle with stopping. We struggle with cessation. We always have to be on the go. We always have to be doing. We always have to go here. We always have to go there. We struggle with just dropping everything and resting. You see, my friends, the teaching of the Old Testament is that the Sabbath is a time for rest, for stillness, 
for quietness, and for peace. When was the last time you had a quiet moment? But we have one now. A minute of quietness. After 15 seconds, you were already saying, oh, it's over. No. When was the last time we just took time to be quiet? The Bible tells us that the Sabbath is a time for rest, for stillness, for quietness, and for peace. And in quietness, there is strength. But the Sabbath doesn't just end there. Notice what it says here in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Verse 3. And then God blessed. God blessed the seventh day. Let's take a little time to understand that blessing. You see that in resting, there is a blessing. In resting, there is a Oh, is that right? In resting, there is a blessing. I'm getting good at this, aren't I? In resting, there is a blessing. Coming aside to rest and to be quiet, there is a blessing in that. The great rabbi Abraham Heschel, he calls the Sabbath, he calls it a refuge or a sanctuary in time. What is a refuge? A refuge is a physical place or it's a physical space where you go to for safety. Uh, back in the 1960s, they had shelters for, uh, what was it, for you know the yeah, Cuba Missile Crisis, right? They had shelters for that in case there was a, a nuclear blowout or something like that. There was a shelter, a place of safety. T- today we have sometimes hurricane shelters. In the Midwest, there are tornado shelters, a place that you can go to for safety when it's crazy all around. Unfortunately, we also have women's shelters. When things aren't safe at home. But a shelter is a physical place or a space that you go to for safety. A shelter from pursuit. A shelter from danger. A shelter from trouble. A refuge from violence. And Abraham Heschel says that the Sabbath is a refuge in time. The Sabbath is not a place you go to. It's not a physical space that you enter, but rather the Sabbath is a moment in time, a refuge and a sanctuary in time that provides safety, shelter, renewal, and blessing for our weary souls. To be blessed by the Sabbath, you don't have to go to a place, but rather you have to enter into a moment in time. 
The reality is that everyone enters and lives during the hours of Saturday. The whole world enters and lives in the hours of Saturday. But not everyone enters into the blessing of time that is the Sabbath. Entering into time on Saturday is not the same as entering into time on the Sabbath. Even though they are parallel in their existence. The Sabbath takes place on Saturday, the seventh day. But they are not the same thing. You see, the time of Saturday is secular and pagan. The time of Sabbath is sacred and holy. And the higher goal, my friends, and the higher goal and blessing of spiritual living is not to amass a wealth of information. The higher goal and blessing of spiritual living is not to amass things or space. Sometimes I have seen Christians more preoccupied with the beauty of their building than with the beauty of their Christian experience. It's an irony, especially in Europe, you see it here as well. The irony of Europe is that even though there exist some beautiful edifices built for worshiping God, buildings that take your breath away, cathedrals that inspire awe and reverence, basilicas that perhaps give us the best glimpse of the glory of heaven. And yet when the hour of worship arrives... They're empty. No one is there. The higher goal and blessing of spiritual living is not to amass a wealth of information. The higher goal and blessing of spiritual living is not to amass things or space. But rather, the higher goal and blessing of spiritual living is to face sacred moments in time. What is retained in the soul is that moment of insight, an encounter with God in time that transforms the soul forever. And and as we worship here today, what we seek to do is we seek to create an environment, a space where moments of insight can take place, where you can encounter God here in this place and in this time. Pilgrimages to places while they are special. They're only special because it takes our mind back to a moment in time that was transformative. I had the blessing of going to Israel last year. And it was amazing to to be there and to stand on, on Mount Hermon where we believe that the transfiguration took place. Had the blessing of going to Mount Carmel where fire came down from heaven. Had the blessing of being on the island of Patmos where John was was given the revelation. Had the blessing of being in Jerusalem where the glory of God resided. And in Galilee where Jesus walked walked the streets there of Galilee. And these places are significant not in and of themselves. But they are significant because they take our minds back to a time. A time that was transformative. A moment in time when God and man, heaven and earth, encountered one another. And as a result, were changed forever. You see, the teaching, my friends, of the Old Testament 
is that the Sabbath is a time for blessing. But the passage doesn't just stop there, but it continues in verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Holy. Another word for holy is he sanctified it. I think some translations render it that way. The Sabbath is a day of resting. It's a time of blessing. But it's also holy. The word holy means that it is sacred. It is different. The Sabbath is special. We live in a a casual culture today. um, And and, uh, there's nothing wrong, per se, with being casual. I enjoy being casual. If you see me during the week, you will always see me in shorts and in a t-shirt and and maybe sandals or something like that. I don't even like to wear socks. I enjoy being casual. I love it. There's nothing wrong, per se, with being casual. In our society today, American society is very casual in how we dress and how we talk. And in everything we do, we are very casual. And there's nothing wrong, per se, with being casual. But when you're too casual, it makes it hard sometimes to understand moments that are special. And moments that require us not to be casual. There are certain times in life, moments in life, that are sacred, that are special, that are different. And those moments in time, they require special preparation. We'll talk about that in our next sermon. Special preparation, special presentation even. Birth days are sacred moments of life. When a child is born, it is a sacred moment in life. And there is special preparation that takes place, yes or no, to receive a child into the world. And then every year that follows after that, and you celebrate and you commemorate their birthday, it is special moments of the gift of life. It is a sacred moment. Weddings are sacred moments. There is special preparation that takes place for weddings, isn't that right? There are special presentations that take place for weddings. If I would have showed up to my wedding without brushing my teeth, without cutting my hair, without shaving, without showering, if I would have showed up to my wedding in shirts, in shorts, and a t-shirt, and flip-flops, what do you think my wife would have thought of me? But, but what does it say? What does it say? It, says, it means I don't care. This really isn't that important. I'm just going to roll out of bed and, and roll into the altar with you. Anniversaries are sacred moments. Even, my friends, death. The time of death is a sacred moment. It is a special moment. There are certain times in life that are sacred, and the Sabbath is one of those times. Every seven days, it is sacred. The hours of the Sabbath are sacred. They are different. They are special. And the Sabbath should be celebrated as such. The Sabbath is different from all other days. It's a sacred day. And the Bible tells us, in fact, turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 20. Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12. Ezekiel chapter 20 
in verse 12. Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12. Do you have it? Say amen when you do. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12. Notice what God says about the Sabbath. Also, I gave them my Sabbaths as what? As a sign. As a sign between us. So that they would know that I, the Lord, make them holy. It's the same word for sacred. It's the same word that's used in in, in Genesis chapter 2 to describe the Sabbath, that it is a holy day. The Sabbath becomes a sign of commitment that God is making us holy. As we enter into the hours of the Sabbath, it is a sign that He is transforming us, that He is changing us, that He is making us holy, that He is sanctifying us. Verse 20 again, He says, Keep my Sabbath holy. That they may be a sign between us, then you will know that I am the Lord. It's interesting because in Genesis, we have the Sabbath that is given to us, which is special and it's sacred. And we have another institution in in Genesis, in Eden, that was given to us that is also sacred and special, and it is marriage. We have marriage and we have the Sabbath, two institutions that were given to humanity to bless humanity. Marriage being a sign of commitment to one another. The Sabbath being a sign of commitment to God. My friends, the essential teaching of the Old Testament about the Sabbath is that it is first and foremost on the seventh day. Second of all, it is a time for rest, for stillness, for quietness, and for peace. It is a time of blessing, a shelter, and a sanctuary. And it is also a time for holiness. A day that is different. And our attitude should also be different. And our actions should also be different on that day. My friends, every other passage of the Old Testament will build upon this three or, or fourfold concept. The Sabbath is on the seventh day. The Sabbath is a day for rest. The Sabbath is a blessing. And the Sabbath is holy. Every other passage of the Scripture will build upon, upon this foundational passage of Genesis chapter 2. And so I want to make an appeal to you this morning. Have you been resting on the seventh day? Have you been resting on the seventh day? Have you been ceasing from your work on the seventh day? We sometimes struggle with that. The calls from work. We need somebody to come in. Have you been resting on the Sabbath day? I want to make an appeal to you right now to make that a decision to rest on the seventh day. And that second appeal I want to make to you, have you allowed the Sabbath day to be a time of blessing for you? Have you entered into the blessing of the Sabbath or is Sabbath just another Saturday for you? Have you had moments of insight with God on the Sabbath day? I make an appeal to you. If you have not allowed the Sabbath to be a time of blessing for you, I make an appeal to you today to make it a time of blessing. And finally, 
And, and, and this, is, this, is, this last one is difficult. And, and we'll try to wrestle with this. But have you allowed the Sabbath to be a time of holiness? Have you allowed the Sabbath to be a special day for you? A different day for you? A day where you go about differently than all the other days? Okay, we need to wrestle with that. What does that mean? But I want to make a, an appeal to you this morning. That if Sabbath has just become another day, you go to church and then you go about your business as usual afterwards. I want to challenge you to make the Sabbath a special day, a holy day. And I also want to give you homework, and this homework is for everyone here. Take out a pen and paper, write this down in your bulletin or wherever you can find it. A few weeks ago, we had a Sabbath school lesson that was about Jesus and the Sabbath. And at the end of that lesson, there was a, a, um, a reference that was given um, in the name of the book, to a certain book. And the name of that book is called Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. Write that down. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. And uh, that book was written by Ellen White. And write down these numbers. Uh, pages 349 to 368. Pages 349 through 368. You write that down. About, what is that, 19 pages? Almost 20 pages. Pages 349 to 368 of a book called Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. There's actually nine volumes, so get Volume 6. Written by Ellen White. Pages 349 to 368. And the title of that chapter is Sabbath Observance. Sabbath Observance. I encourage everyone here to read that chapter. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to take a tally. Okay? All right, when I come back, and I'm going to come back on Fellowship Meal Sabbath. All right? And uh, if you haven't read it, if you don't raise your hand and you've read it, no pop-up for you. How does that sound? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But no, I encourage you to read that. I read that. I read that a couple weeks ago, and it was a blessing. And it was a challenge to understand, well, what does this mean that the Sabbath is holy, to keep it holy, that there's a blessing? What does this mean? And Ellen White takes time to explain how we can enter into the Sabbath rest so that it can truly be a day of rest, of quietness, and of blessing, and of holiness for us. This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Connect with them at www.jxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.